Hare Krishna. Now we have the holy name in Bhagavatam with our special guest, His Grace Vaisheshika Prabhu. Vaisheshika Prabhu is a GBC representative for North California. He is a direct disciple of Srila Prabhupada and an initiating guru in our ISKCON movement. He has made significant contributions to the global book distribution scene and is an amazing innovator where he wants to help others to systematically read Srila Prabhupada's books. And one of those ways is by an app, which is called Be A Sage, page by page. So download it. He is also an amazing author. And check out his book called Our Family Business, which is available at any BBT outlet. So without further ado, please welcome His Grace Vishishika Prabhu. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasutim Vyasam Tato Jayam Udirayet Today we're reading from the beautiful Srimad Bhagavatam about the holy names of Lord Krishna. This is from the Srimad Bhagavatam, second canto, first chapter, eleventh verse. Itan nirvidyamananam ichatam katobhayam yoginam rapaniranitam hareranamanu kirtanam. Etat, it is. Nirvidyamananam, of those who are completely free from all material desires. Ichatam, of those who are desires of all sorts of material enjoyment. Akutabhayam, free from all doubts and fear. Yoginam, of all who are self-satisfied. Nripa, O king. Niranditam, decided, truth. Hare of the Lord, Sri Krishna, Nama, holy name, Anu, after someone, always, Kirtanam, chanting. This is the translation. O King, constant chanting of the holy name of the Lord after the ways of the great authorities is the doubtless and fearless way of success for all, including those who are free from all material desires, those who are desirous of all material enjoyment, and also those who are self-satisfied by dint of transcendental knowledge. Here's the purport commentary by His Divine Grace, A.C. Paktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In the previous verse, the great necessity for attaining attachment to Mukunda has been accredited. There are different types of persons who desire to attain success in different varieties of pursuits. Generally, the persons are materialists who desire to enjoy the fullest extent of material gratification. Next to them are transcendentalists who have attained perfect knowledge about the nature of material enjoyment and thus are aloof from such an illusory way of life. More or less, they are satisfied in themselves by self-realization. Above them are the devotees of the Lord, who neither aspire to enjoy the material world nor desire to get out of it. They are after the satisfaction of the Lord, Sri Krishna. In other words, the devotees of the Lord do not want anything on their personal account. If the Lord desires, the devotees can accept all sorts of material facilities. And if the Lord does not desire this, the devotees can leave aside all sorts of facilities, even up to the limit of salvation. Nor are they self-satisfied because they want the satisfaction of the Lord only. In this verse, Sri Shukadeva Goswami recommends the transcendental chanting of the holy name of the Lord. By a fenceless chanting and hearing of the holy name of the Lord, one becomes acquainted with the transcendental form of the Lord and then with the attributes of the Lord 
and then with the transcendental nature of his pastimes, etc. Here it is mentioned that one should constantly chant the holy name of the Lord after hearing it from authorities. This means that hearing from the authorities is the first essential. Hearing of the holy name gradually promotes one to the stage of hearing about his form, his attributes, his pastimes, and so on. And thus the necessity of the chanting of his glories develops successively. The process This process is recommended. This process is recommended not only for the successful execution of devotional service, but also even for those who are materially attached. According to Sri Shukadeva Goswami, this way of attaining success is an established fact, concluded not only by him, but also by all other previous acharyas. Therefore, there is no need of further evidence. The process is recommended not only for the progressive students in different departments of ideological success, but also for those who are already successful in their achievement as fruit of workers, as philosophers, or as devotees of the Lord. Srila Jiva Goswami instructs that chanting of the holy name of the Lord should be loudly done, and it should be performed offenselessly as well as recommended in the Padma Purana. One can deliver himself from the effects of all sins by surrendering himself unto the Lord. One can deliver himself from all offenses at the feet of the Lord by taking shelter of his holy name. But one cannot protect himself if he commits an offense at the feet of the holy name of the Lord. Such offenses are mentioned in the Padma Purana as being ten in number. The first offense is to vilify the great devotees who have preached about the glories of the Lord. The second offense is to see the holy names of the Lord in terms of worldly distinction. The Lord is the proprietor of all the universes, and therefore he may be known in different places by different names. But that does not in any way qualify the fullness of the Lord. Any nomenclature which is meant for the Supreme Lord is as holy as the others because they are all meant for the Lord. Such holy names are as powerful as the Lord and there is no bar for anyone in any part of the creation to chant and glorify the Lord by the particular name of the Lord as it is locally understood. They are all auspicious and one should not distinguish such names of the Lord as material commodities. The third offense is to neglect the orders of the authorized acharyas or spiritual masters. The fourth offense is to vilify scriptures or Vedic knowledge. The fifth offense is to define the holy name of the Lord in terms of one's mundane calculation. The holy name of the Lord is identical with the Lord himself and one should understand the holy names of the Lord to be non-different from him. The sixth offense is to interpret the holy name. The Lord is not imaginary, nor is his holy name. There are persons with a poor fund of knowledge who think the Lord to be an imagination or the worshiper, and therefore th think his holy name to be imaginary. There are persons with a poor fund of knowledge who think the Lord to be an imagination of the worshiper, and therefore think his holy name to be imaginary. Such a chanter of the name of the Lord cannot achieve the desired success in the matter of chanting the holy name. The seventh offense is to commit sins intentionally on the strength of the holy name. In the scriptures, it is said that one can be liberated from the effects of all sinful actions simply by chanting the holy names of the Lord. One who takes advantage of this transcendental method and continues to commit sins on the expectation of neutralizing the effects of sins by chanting the holy name of the Lord is the greatest offender at the feet of the holy name. Such an offender cannot purify himself by any recommended method of purification. In other words, 
one may be a sinful man before chanting the holy name of the Lord, but after taking shelter in the holy name of the Lord and becoming immune, one should strictly restrain oneself from committing sinful acts with the hope that his method of chanting the holy name will give him protection. The eighth offense is to consider the holy name of the Lord and his chanting method to be equal to some material auspicious activity. There are various kinds of good works for material benefits, but the holy name and his chanting are not mere auspicious holy services. Undoubtedly, the holy name is holy service, but he should never be utilized for such purposes. Since the holy name and the Lord are of one and the same identity, one should not try to bring the holy name into the service of mankind. The idea is that the Supreme Lord is the supreme enjoyer. He is no one's servant or order supplier. Similarly, since the holy name of the Lord is identical with the Lord, one should not try to utilize the holy name for one's personal service. The ninth offense is to instruct those who are not interested in chanting the holy name of the Lord about the transcendental nature of the holy name. If such instruction is imparted, to an unwilling audience, the act is considered to be an offense at the feet of the holy name. The tenth offense is to become uninterested in the holy name of the Lord even after hearing of the transcendental nature of the holy name. The effects of chanting the holy name of the Lord, the effect of chanting the holy name of the Lord is perceived by the chanter as liberation from the conception of false egoism. False egoism is exhibited by thinking oneself to be the enjoyer of the world and thinking everything in the world to be meant for the enjoyment of one's self only. The whole materialistic world is moving under such false egoism of I and mine. But the factual effect of chanting the holy name is to become free from such misconceptions. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Nena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manopishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadahmayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Sri Yuta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Ragunatam Bitam Tam Sajivam Sadvetam Sadvatutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shivishakan Vitamscha Hey Krishna Karuna Sindo Dina Bando Jagat Pate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchako Paturubhyascha Kripasindo Pyevacha Patitanam Pavani Bio Vaishnavibio Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasadi Gora Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Gor Premanande Hare Hare Bol. This is a beautiful verse spoken by Shukadev Goswami to Maharaj Brikshit, and it gives us clear direction on what we can do to advance in spiritual life, no matter who we are and where we're from. Because here he names various categories of people, and one must fall into one of those categories. He says that those who have no interest anymore in the material world, they've forgotten about it, Hetan nirvidyamananam. Nirvidyamananam literally means one who has, he doesn't know about the material world anymore. And this, this is a byproduct of someone who's advancing spiritually 
they literally become un, uninterested in the material world. It's not a matter of restraint, but actually they've tasted something higher. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Vishaya vinivartante nirahadase dehina rasavarjam rasopyastya param vishva nivartate. That in the beginning, when someone takes up the process of spiritual life, he or she may be restraining him or herself from the sense objects. But upon tasting something better, that person gives up the lower taste and simply becomes absorbed in the higher taste. Param drushva nivartate. The devotee tastes something higher. So nirvidyamananam means some, someone's no longer interested in the material world. Ichitam means somebody who wants everything. There is a way in which one can become so connected to this world and influenced by rajas, the middle mode of nature through which one wants everything. And no matter how much one gets, one wants more. This is what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita is the product of the mode of passion, ichatam. means I want it, I get it, and I, I want twice as much the next time. Akutobayam means somebody who's fearless in all directions. They're no longer attached to the material world. They don't have a vested interest here in the material world, akutobayam, and therefore they're feeling self-satisfied. And the yogis, yoginam, uh, somebody who's developed restraint by practice and therefore is experiencing the pleasure of the self. As Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Prajahati Yadakaman Sarvan Partamanogatan Atman Yevatmanatushta Stita Pragnasta Dochite. A person who becomes fixed in consciousness is one who restrains himself, doesn't grab on to all the material desires, and therefore feels self satisfied. Whether one wants everything, is no longer interested in the material world because one's interest is in serving Krishna or somebody feels self-satisfied. In every category, Shukadeva Goswami says, this is the process for you. And what is it? Harer nam anukirtanam. Harer nam, the name of Hari or Krishna. And the process is kirtan, which means to glorify, to sing the name, to say the name, to repeat it. This is understandable in ordinary circumstances because there's a way in which we've all experienced that if somebody says our name in a crowded room when everyone's talking and all you hear is the din of many voices, cacophony, and then in the corner of the room you hear your name, someone says, Dalip, and then (laughs) my name is Dalip. So I gravitate towards that. And when we say Krishna's very personal names, like Krishna, Yashoda Nandan, and so forth, talk about his relationship with his devotees, then it attracts Krishna's attention. In fact, it's mentioned in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Pranaya, Rashanaya, Dritangri Padma, that when one says the name of Krishna with love, Pranaya, Rashanaya, Dritangri Padma, it ties him with ropes of love, Pranaya. Rashanaya means the ropes of love, the chanting of the holy name, and it captivates the Lord. He won't leave the heart of somebody who is chanting his name with love. So the process itself of kirtan, amongst all the different processes of devotional service, there are 64 main processes called angas or limbs. And out of all of them, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says that the chanting of the Lord's names is the emperor. It's the chief way by which one can attain everything else. All the results of practicing, every process of devotional service are attained by chanting the holy name of the Lord. And this is already established. Nirandita means it's an established truth. Shukadeva Goswami, who's an authority himself, is saying that Actually, all the previous acharyas have concluded this. Therefore, we don't have to 
think about it much. We simply have to accept it. And harir anu, harir nam anu kirtanam. Anu means that you should chant it according to your realization. So, why is this so effective? First of all, Krishna is non-different from his name. Krishna is abhinatvam namanamino. There's no separation between Krishna and his name. And by associating with Krishna through his name, then we also develop all good qualities. Also, Krishna has a, a particular nature. His personal nature is that he gives the benefit of the doubt. He tries to bestow the highest benefit to everyone, even if they're mixed in their approach to him. So it is said, if you have one drop of sincerity in chanting, even if it's being carried along by a river of faults, that one drop will, will prevail. It will overcome the entire flow of that river, and you'll be able to attain devotional service and advance in devotional service if you're simply sincere in trying. So the chanting of the holy name is sung in the Vedas as the main process for advancing in devotional service. Srila Rupa Goswami in his Namashtakam says, Nikila Shuti Mauli Ratnamala Duti Nirajita Pada Pankajanta Aimukta Kaleru Pasyamanam Paritastam Haninama Samshrayami Rupa Goswami, the great Acharya, says, this is where I surrender. I surrender at the lotus feet of the holy name. And he starts by saying that Nikilashuti Maliratnamala, the crown jewel of all the Vedas, are the Upanishads. And the Upanishads are worshipping someone. And if you sneak in to see who they're worshipping at Mangalartik, you'll notice that they're offering a lamp to the lotus feet of the holy name. They're worshiping the holy name. And in fact, they're pointing out the holy names. Sarvavedishu drishyate, it is mentioned in the Kali Santarana Upanishad that if you know what you're looking for, if you know what the Vedas are pointing towards, you'll come to the conclusion that the holy name is that emperor of all processes because it's Krishna himself. So what is Krishna's nature? We know from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th canto, hearing about Krishna's activities even when he was a little baby. Putana the witch, who wanted to kill him with poison on her breast, came to the home of Nandan and Nanda and Yashoda. And her intention was to poison the little child. She came disguised as a very beautiful nursemaid and the residents who were there in the home celebrating the birth of Krishna and trying to be nearby this beautiful baby, they saw this beautiful maiden come in with a motherly disposition and they ushered her into the room where baby Krishna was lying. And of course, this is the village atmosphere of Vrindavan but when she came in to the room and saw the baby, uh, his eyes were closed. The different acharyas have various reasons why he closed his eyes. He was aware, obviously, that he was going to kill this demon and she was in the form of a woman. And she then took the baby on her lap and pushed her nipple into his mouth, smeared with the poison, and he drank the poison, he drank her milk, sucked out her life air, and she died. And then she expanded into her original form. Eight miles high, she fell down and crushed Kamsa's prized orchards. And hearing about this pastime, and how after trying to kill Krishna, Putana was given such special mercy by Krishna because he considered, well, she came as a mother. Therefore, I will give her a position in the spiritual world eternally. Uh, 
as a wet nurse to serve me in that way. So Uddhava, in the third canto, remembering Krishna's kindness, says, Aho bhakiyam stanakalakutam chakamsaya payad apyasad vi lebegatin dat ruchitam tatonyam kava kamvadaya lum sharanam brajima kamvadaya lum sharanam brajima Who would surrender to anyone else but Krishna? Because he's the one who only considers what good you did and he leaves behind all the other bad ideas that you might have. That's all he considers. In fact, in the Bhagavad Gita, he says, If someone takes to the process of devotional service, starting with the chanting of the holy names of the Lord, even if that person is full of worldly qualities. Sudaracharo means actually they're really bad qualities. But they have this inclination to surrender the Lord. Then just because of that, Krishna says, even if they're like that, it doesn't matter if their intention is towards serving me and the best kind of service is chanting his name, then you consider, he's telling everyone else, you consider this person to be a sadhu, a saintly person who's on their way to perfection. And in the next verse, he says, Shri Pram Bhavati Dharma, Ma Shashvash Chantin Nirgachati, Kuntiya Pratijani Hi Name Bhakti Pranashati. Declare it boldly, Arjuna, this person will get complete success by continuing to chant my names. Because even if one's insincere, even if one has some bad qualities, but somehow or other goes on chanting the holy name of the Lord, in other words, even if one's offensive, if one continues chanting, one can't help but be purified. And therefore, Bhagavatam, Shukadeva Goswami says, Akama sarvakamo va moksha kama udharadi Tivrena bhakti yogena yajeta purusham param. If you have no material desires, you have all material desires, you just want liberation, or you're a devotee who wants to worship the Lord, you should still just approach Krishna because he'll reconcile everything. And the Padma Purana says if you're full of offenses in chanting, and much of this verse was about how to avoid offenses. But what if you're so full of offenses you can't imagine how you're going to get freed from them? Then Padma Purana says, Nama parada yuktana naman yeva harantyagam avishrani pryuktani taneva karanicha. That go on chanting without stoppage because by the contact of the holy name, Krishna will purify you. And how does he do that? This is mentioned in the Bhagavatam itself. Satyam dishiti artitam artitondrinam naivartato yat punor artito yata swayam vitate bhajatam anichatam ichapidanam nijapadapalavam. Krishna says if someone approaches me with some material desire and is worshiping again and again and asking, I want this, I want that for myself then I'll give it to them. I'll give it to that person. But I'll do it in such a way that I'll cover his material desire and replace it with a desire to serve me. Sometimes Krishna apparently makes a devotee miserable so that he'll really catch on to his lotus feet. In the case mentioned in the Mahabharat Krishna says, Yasyahamana Grinami Harishe Tadanam Shanai, Tato Danam Tajant Yasya, Swajano Dukadukitam. When I really show special mercy to someone, I take away all of his or her uh, material possessions. So that person is left be, uh, in a helpless condition and says, Krishna, I only want you. So if somebody's materialistic and approaches Krishna, Krishna says, and this dialogue is given to us in the 
in the Maha, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that Krishna thinks, well, this person is worshiping me by chanting my holy name, but they keep asking for material benedictions. Krishna says or thinks, this person is a fool, but I'm not a fool. And I'm very experienced. I know the result of such desires. Therefore, I will fulfill the person's desire, but in such a way that they'll never ask again and they'll be satisfied with worshiping me. So, this verse, etan nirvidyamananam ichatama katobayam yoginam nirpanirninam harinam anukirtanam gives us the very complete instruction that the one place that we should focus our energy is on chanting the holy name of the Lord. And for lack of focus, people look everywhere in the world to try to find something that's satisfying. But even when somebody comes to the path of spiritual life and wants to find spiritual satisfaction, Krishna says, Manushyanam sahasreshu kashid yatati sidhaye yatatam apisidhanam kashin mamveti tattvataha First of all, he says it's very rare for people in general, humans, to be interested in spiritual life. There's so, too many distractions. And uh, all the people who do take the spiritual life, there are very few that know about the personality of Godhead, Krishna. They hear many philosophies, but many of them uh, leave them wanting. They don't have a personal conception of the supreme, what to speak of knowledge of how to develop their relationship. However, if one takes to the process of uh, Krishna consciousness, then one can very easily develop one's personal relationship with Krishna. And there's an old story or a saying about the ways in which people labor to try to contact the Supreme. So it's compared to somebody who's thirsty and wants water. So let's just say I'm thirsty and I want some water. And I ask you, can you please give me water? I'm very thirsty. And then you point to the cloud in the sky and, said, and say, oh, there's water in the cloud. Help yourself. So oftentimes we hear, there is a God. God's in heaven. So far away, how can I actually get to heaven? How can I know that personality in heaven? It, it seems too remote. And then I'm thirsty, and I again ask someone for water. Please tell me where there's water. I need to drink. And the person tells me, there are flash floods that come from time to time, and you can catch it there. So this is compared to the various avatars who come at certain times. But how can you time it to be there at the same time in the avatar and be able to fully appreciate the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the world. And then I say, give me water, and someone says, there's water in the ground. Help yourself. So this is like the yogis. The yogis have to sit quietly and meditate for years and years in order to still the mind so they can perceive the presence of the super soul, presence of the Lord within the heart. It's very difficult, especially if you have an iPhone. Because the minute you look at the iPhone, then your mind's distracted. And who doesn't have an iPhone? <laughs> the, the atmosphere in Kali Yuga is very distracting. So this is not plausible for anyone to sit. In fact, even, even in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna's, Arjuna rejected the idea that I, he'd be able to sit in the forest. That was 5,000 years ago. But then, the chanting of the holy name, as is recommended here by Shukadeva Goswami 5,000 years ago, harer namanu kirtanam. He said, this is good for everybody. This is like water in the palm of your hand. Anytime you can say, Hare Krishna, 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, and Krishna is directly present. So why don't I taste it? Why don't I taste that I'm getting that water in the palm of my hand? That comes to the second consideration, and that is my appreciating capacity. Every living being is meant to taste nectar. In fact, the Vedas say, you're born from nectar. You're born to taste nectar. Everything you do in life should be to try to taste nectar. So why, why aren't I tasting the nectar of the holy name? It's due to the, my own lack of appreciating capacity. So the process of devotional service means to adjust one's lifestyle so that one can taste the holy name. And if we make a few adjustments, as is mentioned in this purport, to not be offensive to the holy name, to have a, an attitude which avails me to the presence, an awareness of the presence of the Lord within his name, then all problems are solved. Everything good will come from that. I will... I will be able to associate with Krishna directly. So 10 offenses were mentioned. Don't speak ill of those who are devotees. Don't think that Krishna is one among many. Some people say, oh, Hare Krishna is a nice thing. But a devotee of Krishna says Krishna is the nice thing. There's a big difference. As Krishna tries to indicate in the Bhagavad Gita, or not tries, he does, matak paratanam nanyat kinchidasti dananjaya mai sarvam idam protam sutre maniganaiva. Arjuna, there's nothing better than me. Everything hangs on me like pearls hang on a thread. I'm the ultimate. I mean, Arjuna was a close friend. Otherwise, if you're telling someone, you know, I'm the best there is, <laughs> Unless you're not envious like Arjuna was, it's hard to listen to because everyone thinks, wait a minute, I thought I was the best there is. But for those who have ears and can appreciate that there, there is a God and I'm not him and that that God is love personified and if I can adjust myself a little bit by appreciating who he is by not... Um, trying to interpret the process. That's why it says nirnitam. Shukadev Goswami says in this verse, nirnitam. It's already established. Just accept it. Don't waste time trying to uh, invent something new. And if one also resigns oneself to not hold on to temporary things that are a waste of time, give up bad habits, and also give one's full attention to the process of chanting. Okay, I can't do it 24 hours a day. The acharyas say, chanting constantly means two things. One is chanting constantly. Don't stop. 24 hours a day. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That means from morning till night, while you're sleeping, even. And the second meaning is, if you can't do that, then at least every day, do it for some time, in a measured way, Sankhya Purvaka, chant it as much as you can every day and stay regulated in chanting. That also means that you're doing it always. And from that, from that chanting with attention, thinking, uh, I'm chanting now, I don't have any other concern. There's nothing else to see or hear right now because everything's present in the holy name. And if I give that kind of attention, then the entire purifying effect of the holy name will come to me. So the 10 offenses are there. And then Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, to develop your appreciating capacity of the chanting process, you should also be humble. That means... Be aware of the fact that you are helpless. There's only a little bit that you can do to help yourself even. 
and what to speak of helping other people. We can barely maintain our bodies. We're breathing, but more accurately, we're being breathed. We're being helped by material nature. The body is digesting food. We're doing all kinds of activities, but I have no idea how they're actually going on. It's beyond my control. So don't think I'm a controller and be humble and open to the fact that I really don't know anything. That's called akinshana. I don't have anything. And if I feel like that, akinshana, I don't have anything, I'm helpless, and then I chant, then it'll be very powerful. One might then also uh, remember that everything that happens to me in life is for my purification and refinement. This is another suggestion given in the Srimad Bhagavatam by Brahma. Lord Brahma says, Tate anukampam susamikshamano bunjane evatma kritam vipakam ridvagvapur vir viradam namaste jiveta yomukti pade sadaya bhak. That take everything that happens to you as a lesson, and then it's a benevolent teaching coming to you from the Supreme. And if you, if you can do that, even in adversity, and don't think when you get something good that it's just because of my intelligence. Think whatever good or bad comes to me is coming by the mercy of the Lord to teach me something and then ask this question, what is the lesson behind it? Then our appreciating capacity grows and we can chant the holy name with attention. The next way that we can expand our appreciating capacity so we can hear and chant this beautiful name of Krishna and get the full effect is to be in a mood of service. If I ask the question, how can I be of service? And I keep asking that question, even as the mind tells me, wait a minute, you're supposed to be the center. You're supposed to be the controller. Everybody is supposed to serve you. That's the egoism that Prabhupada mentioned in the purport. To overcome that, one might ask, how can I be of service? And if you ask this question in all circumstances, you walk into a room and you're thinking in your mind, how can I be of service here? How can I be of service? That's a rare question. Most people are thinking, how can I take advantage of the situation? How can I control everybody here? And there's a lot of competition in the world, people thinking like that. But if you ask this question, and there are people who think like this, and they're noted in history. They're in the Bhagavatam stories of Dadichi, who gave ultimate service when, when the devas asked him for his bones to make a weapon to, to kill Vrtrasara. He just said, sure, of course, how can I be of service? You want my bones. It's for Vishnu. I'll do it. And then there's Marashibi, who served his citizens. He held such a high level of dharma that he was willing to eat last or even starve to death because he was so intent on serving those prajas who came to him in his kingdom, even if they were animals. And of course, Bali Maharaj, he gave everything for the service of the Lord, even when his spiritual master said, don't do it, because he said, I want to be of service. Then it's said that Bali Maharaj's disobeying his guru in that case was Jagat Mangalam. It purified the whole universe <laughs> because he was thinking how to do service. So our appreciating capacity can be widened greatly if we ask this question, how can I be of service? How can I be of service? In the chanting of the holy name, we're actually saying, oh my Lord, oh energy of the Lord, oh my energy of the Lord, please engage me in your service. And no one knows better how to engage us than Krishna himself. Karda Mamuni in the Bhagavatam, 
was meditating for 10,000 years. He was a yogi. And he had some service to do by helping to populate the universe. When the Lord was pleased with his austerities, he came to visit Kardama and shed a tear when he saw his devotee out of compassion. And then, standing on the back of Garuda, he offered this beautiful darshan to Kardama, who then gave prayers to the Lord from the heart. And in those prayers, he said, my Lord, I know that uh, this isn't the topmost of requests, but I need a wife to do my service. And Lord Narayan said, I know that, because I know everything. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Vedaham samatitani vartamanani charjuna bhavishani chabutani mamtu vedan akashjana. I know everything. I know everyone. I know what's going on everywhere. And he knows how to solve our problems or fulfill our desires in such a way that's so perfect that nobody else can know that or do that. So when Kardama asked for a wife, he was submissive and he left it up to Lord Narayan to make the arrangement, which he did. And that's why Devahuti came with the daughter of Swayambhuvamanu. And it was the perfect match, of course, because it was arranged by the Lord. So Srila Prabhupada writes in his commentary to this section of the Bhagavatam that if we have a service attitude in whatever we do and we leave it up to Krishna, what's the best way to arrange our lives? You can ask Krishna through your chanting, please engage me in your service, that whatever arrangement I have in this world, please let it be to increase my service to you. That's really the best idea. That's the best plan that anybody can have. And Narada Muni says, in the Bhagavatam, He said, if you try for all kinds of other arrangements in this world, they won't be successful anyway because they're already allotted to you. Whatever good or bad circumstances, whatever happiness and distress you're going to get, is coming to you automatically by momentum from your previous life. Nobody gets up in the morning early and takes shower and rushes off to work because they're hoping that they're going to get some bad luck. Everyone's hoping, let good luck come my way if I can outrun bad luck by working hard, by getting more money, fortifying my situation, then I'll be happy. But it's already allotted. So Narada Muni suggests... Don't try so hard for those things to adjust your situation in life from that side. Do it from the side of taking shelter of Krishna because he knows what to do. Leave it in his hands. Also, he has the facility to do it. One day when I was gardening at our home in suburban California, near San Francisco, on a fine spring day, a finch, a tiny little bird, flew into the house. I saw it go in. So I walked up the back porch and went into the kitchen where the bird was trying to find a way out, and I opened more windows to try to let her out. But she thought I was pursuing her and the noise of the window, windows opening scared her even more. So she flew into the next room, which is the temple room. And I opened the windows there and said, please go out. Go back to your friends, your family. They're all waiting for you. And she thought he chased me into the next room. So she went into the several more rooms and in each place I performed the same act of heroism to save the little bird who took it that I was pursuing her. So we had this chase throughout the whole house until she ended up back in the kitchen 
where before she flew out the window, which she finally noticed, was open. She looked at me with terror in her eyes, as if to say, you tried to kill me, but now I'm going to go free, and flew out the window. And there was, I had an existential reckoning at that point. It was really visceral. After I saw the, the mood of this bird, who had misunderstood me and my intention, I thought, how does Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, feel when every time he tries to make an arrangement in my life so that I can extricate myself from the world and be more engaged in the service, I take it as an affront. I take it as a, a way in which he's trying to punish me. Why does God do make bad things happen to good people like me? But actually, if we hear the message of Bhagavatam, we hear this message of Shukadeva Goswami who's saying, this is good for you. Krishna's all good. Put yourself in his hands. And the best way to do it, out of all the ways you can conceive, is chanting his names. It's service to chant his names. And it's the beginning of all auspiciousness. And it is the way in which one treads the path of devotional service now and in the future and eternally by repeating the name of the Lord. The holy name of the Lord is not only chanting the holy name, is not only the process, but it's also the goal. As even as one becomes purified, one simply chants more and deepens one's relationship with Krishna through the process of chanting. So, this is universal advice given by the greatest of all sages, Shukadeva Goswami, and it includes all of us. We all fall into one of those categories, someone who wants everything, someone who wants nothing, needs nothing, someone who just wants to serve Krishna, or someone who is a yogi. The list is, the, the, the categories are broad, and we can consider that he's speaking directly to us. So we can take this verse and tattoo it on our arm, or better, we can take it into our heart and think that this is the, the way to actually be successful in life and to be happy and to make other people happy by giving them this advice that's been given since time immemorial by all the greatest of sages, Harir Naamanu Kirtanam, constantly chant the holy name, following in the footsteps of the previous acharyas, and do it according to your capacity, and in whatever situation you're in now, and you will have complete success in your life from this process of chanting the holy names. We may feel lost in this world, especially nowadays. It seems like everything's going haywire. This is only due to lack of connection. I heard this from my spiritual master, that we are meant to serve Krishna, and when we do, we'll feel happy. And he gave the example of a tiny screw. When a screw is attached to the machine in which it is meant to serve, it's very valuable and completely satisfied working in its place. But if that little screw somehow or other falls out of the machine, and becomes estranged from it, then it's valueless. And I heard this many years ago, and then recently, when I was walking along the street, I felt something underfoot. I looked down, and it was a tiny screw. I picked it up, and immediately remembered the words of Srila Prabhupada, who said, you are like this tiny screw when you're not connected to Krishna. And I began to feel sorry for the screw. In fact, I put it in my pocket and I brought it home. And I keep it on my desk as a reminder of my situation in this world. Without Krishna and without chanting the holy names of the Lord, my life feels valueless. But as soon as I can connect to Krishna, 
by chanting Hare Krishna. And I feel that connection within a millisecond. I realize my value in life and the clouds of darkness and despondency and lack of self-worth all vanish by the power of the holy name. His divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, brought the most important commodity to this world. When he was on the Jaladuta, the freighter that he rode all the way from India, crossing the ocean for the first time ever, with no money, he wrote the poems and signed them your insignificant beggar, or the insignificant beggar, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. There's much meaning in that because Bhaktivedanta Thakur says, if you want success in the chanting of the holy name of the Lord, you should beg for it. Consider yourself a beggar. And the reason that people give beggars any alms at all is because they beg. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur recommends that we also learn to put ourselves in this position, but just know what to beg for. So when chanting the holy name, we should feel ourselves to be insignificant beggars, that I'm begging for the most valuable of all things. Srila Prabhupada made that great, Srila Prabhupada made the greatest of all wealth available to everyone in the world following the footsteps of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who advocated that you not only taste the holy name but you distribute it to as many people as possible. And then he taught us about spiritual mathematics. And that is, the more that you give it to others, the more it grows in your life. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates plundered the storehouse of love of God. That is, they took up the holy name and chanted, tasted it, they laughed, cried, danced, and then they gave it to everybody. And the more they gave it out, the more the contents increased. So the way to be not only happy, but also to become spiritually wealthy, you can become a spiritual billionaire by giving the holy name to as many people as possible, starting with yourself every day. Hare Krishna.